I it's mean, done. Hold Laurent, your eyes open. <laughs> I'm stumped. I'm stumped. <laughs> we can't start the episode like that. Not stumped. Not that you're there already. You have to progress to that level. <laughs> we are back. We are. Oh, oh no, Dre. Dre. Dre hit it. it it's now oh. this. Wait! <laughs> That's no. the sound of the saints. We've been delivered. We've been delivered from the cook. <laughs> Not this new. Oh, yo. I am yeah. cracking up. <laughs> Come on, let's start the show. That wiped me clean out. I was not <laughs> expecting that. Jesus, that wiped me clean out. Woo, that's good. That was good. That's good, isn't it? Drake keeps Drake gets to keep his job. <laughs> How y'all doing this week? Oh Jesus! I'm I'm I actually have a praise report. <laughs> I have a praise reports. So, um, the, um, I unfortunately lost my job back in November. Mm -hmm. Right. You got, you guys, of course you guys know, cause we know we've chatted. We're actual friends, <laughs> but for those, you know, who don't know me, I've unfortunately been without a job since November. Um, an appointment was fucking with me. Um, but that finally kicked through. So praise God for that. But I have secured an interview for on Friday hey. for a front desk management position. Oh, so mm -hmm. can we praise? Yeah, we can praise. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. He's opening doors. Hey! Yes. <laughs> That time that I'm behind you. <laughs> <laughs> that is so silly. <laughs> I love it. We gotta, we gotta go to break. Okay. This thing ain't got too thick up in here. They got too Jeremy, how you here. living? <laughs> I'm all right. Uh, it's been it's been work has been kind of crazy this week because um, some of us are out and about and traveling. It's kind of getting busy for us, so. You know, when people are gone, you got to pick up the slack. And, um, but other than that, I'm good. Um, oh, I got banned from Hinge. <laughs> what? Um, what? Yeah. Because so, of Lauren? <laughs> I guess so. So, like, I think it was this morning I was trying to, like, log. I was, you know, I said, I thought I, because I had a message. So I was like, oh, okay. I said, I think it's, you know, what you call? Let me just go unmatch. Maybe I tried to, I hit that phone number, tried to log in. They were like, your account has been banned. I was like, oh. So oh, wow. I don't know uh, what if that was the reason. <laughs> baby, they said they you know. said, baby, word got back to corporate on you. Okay. 
<laughs> Lauren, fine. you was you, Lauren, you's a hater. That's fine. <laughs> I hope you're listening because you ain't. I still got the last laugh, and and I got a date and tomorrow then, anyway. So we because we can't get banned from the way I see a podcast. Huh? <laughs> <Can't>. <laughs> <laughs> this my shit. <laughs> this is my shit. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Josh? I am this. I am this. I am. I'm doing okay, actually. I'm okay. I'm very high. <laughs> very lifted. <laughs> high and lifted up. You know. Um, so yeah. So I, I need us to progress through this episode because I don't see me being too much, too much of a benefit much longer. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's play a game, shall we? Yes. All right. So we're gonna play culture ta- virtual culture tags. Oh, I like this game. You know that's the yes, yeah, the game, the acronyms. But because it's Black Hair Street Month, we do all things nigga all monthly. Word. It's going to be famous one liners from iconic black films. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So this one, th- this one, I will say the acronym and then give the hint. Okay. Okay. S Y Q T B. Now, hence, iconic song. Give me iconic, the iconic movie with again. Eddie Murphy. S Y Q T B. Iconic movie with Eddie Murphy. This was sung in the song. In the song with a, uh, uh, this was sung in a movie with him in it, where he starred him, Eddie Murphy. What's what's the other nigga's name? S Y Q. I can't oh, tell she's thing. your queen to be. <laughs> Coming to America. Coming to America. Oh, I could have gave better hints. My bad. My God. All right. So next one, the acronym is H G C I T C. Um. All right. Hints is Chris Tucker's in this movie. Ice Cube is in this movie. Um, how you gonna get fired on your day off? The letters is I said, give me the letters. H G. Okay, H G. You gave us the answer already. No, I didn't. I said a line, but it's not the line. That's H G C I T C. Dude just got punked, and this and one of the characters said this. I think Chris got knocked the fuck out. No. Okay, no. <laughs> he gonna cry in the car. Oh, yeah. Oh. Jesus. All right, next one. <laughs> Letters are... We're feeling it. This. H... <laughs> Miserably. <laughs> All right. H-S-M-I-M-P-T. Harlem Nights. Delarie said this. Oh. He H- shot me in my foot. H... You, you, almost there. H S. Oh, he shot me in my pinky toe. I am. There you go. All right. Beep, 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 beep. One for time. <laughs> Jeremy, you are horrible. All right. This one. Color purple. Y-T-H-T-B-M. Color purple. Oprah said this. Y- Y-T-H-T-B-M. You told Harpo to beat me? There you go. You told Harpo to beat me. <laughs> It's just right, me so trying to visualize the acronyms. Child. The letters. Sorry. Yes. Maybe, maybe I should have had the letters up. My bad. That's okay. Yeah, you should have gave us the letters. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll get Dre to do it next time. 
Yes, Dre, Drake do your job, Dre. Shit. Do your job. You wear many hats, Dre. Do your fucking job. <laughs> it's like, nah. All right, so Josh, this is from our favorite movie. It's so This is going to be a long acronym, but it is from our favorite movie. L- Loretta Devine says this. A-Y-D-S, comma, Y-G-S-M-T-N. She says this after the big fight between um, uh, El Cool J and <laughs> yes. AYDM, AYDM, UGSHFTN. <laughs> Leroy, you got me. I'm under pressure now. Oh my God. I know it. Child. She going she going off. She going <laughs> And, that, and that you didn't even that's... see. You're gonna show me that note. <laughs> Boom. Thank you. You did not let me down. Thank you. <laughs> I chose the most random line in that movie because I know if nobody else gonna know this, Josh gonna know this. And you demon see, you gonna show me that note. <laughs> you demon see, you gonna show me that note. <laughs> I, thought you was, I thought it was right. when she said well maybe we should have some scripture sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Ecclesiastes <laughs> Boy, there is no remembrance oh, don't get me started please <laughs> please don't get me started because I will recite this whole fucking movie please don't get me started but there is no remembrance Oh my god! Of the fool. (laughs) Yo, all right, all right, all right, all right. (laughs) Child, yo, we didn't we didn't left Jeremy. Sorry, yo. (laughs) Okay, that was your fault. You shouldn't have brought that movie up because that's my shit. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Joy did something else, y'all. Guess what time it is? It's Center Stage time. Good job, Dre. <laughs> Good job, Dre. Dre might need to raise. So, <laughs> we, we, he just an intern right now. <laughs> Dre, cut that part out. Uh, <laughs> yo, we are on one tonight. <laughs> we we pay at the way I see a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Fish dinners and chicken plates, but anyway, um, <laughs> the Keisha Cole payment plan. <laughs> the Keisha, the Keisha Cole fish plate. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I'm trying to do this. Oh, this feel like one of the high moments in service where you're like, I'm trying to move on, but I feel I'm here. You're right. But I feel like <laughs> I'll put myself on mute. Fuck this. Go ahead. My bad. Who? <laughs> <laughs> When Kim was at when Kim was at um the the convocation, she said he's an art, he's a recording artist. Shakata Mahaya Masi. That's well, how LeBron, I feel right now. LeBron, at least you voluntarily put yourself on mute, unlike <sighs> previous. Oh, wow, Jeremy, you're always snatching somebody out the quench not okay, the spirit. I mean, quench not. Because you oh snatch me out. <laughs> snatch me right on out. Now I can do my lines. <laughs> Uh, bring it to center stage uh, first. I want to bring somebody who is due great honor. 
Um, Laron is mad. He is upset with me because I snatched her right of it, right out of his arms. Uh, she yeah. is now the seventh. Hallelujah. The number. Yeah. She is now the number seventh EGOT winner. <sighs> Let's put it in the air for Sister Viola Davis. Yeah. Huh? Mother, mother deserves. She is um disrespectfully called the the Black Mill Street. Um and <laughs> she's just Viola Davis. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Living legend Annalise Keating, huh? Uh-huh. Come on, walk. So so <laughs> baby, the hell. Baby, that slave walk was like none other. None other. But um, but yeah, she, she I'm so excited for her because she's do this. She's putting in a lot of work. She's like, and she's just sweet. And she's just a light in this earth. Um, and you know, happy Black History Month. Because they these black artists are making and breaking records, making history yes. in, in the month of February. So come on, I'm with it. I'm with it. Yes. I would have done that better, but whatever. Oh, <laughs> whoa! Well, I guess we'll never know, huh? Fixed <laughs> <laughs> you, Joy. Cut that part out. <laughs> Listen, there are plenty of other episodes where Black Excellence may come my way. We have a redo. I'll cut it out. Petty ass nigga. I'll sabotage it. <laughs> what do you say? You'll never hear it. <laughs> my bad. Oh, I need something to drink. Jesus. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> Welcome back. I was about to go, but I needed to go. I needed something to drink. So I'm up at. <laughs> Is it me? Am I calling people back? Mm-hmm. No, everybody was bringing somebody to send a state. Look. Yeah. Oh, look oh. at oh the confusion. Well, all right. Well, <laughs> since we're since we're on, <laughs> uh, since you ended with uh artist breaking history, you know, during black or making history during Black History Month, we're going to step on to Beyonce Giselle Knows Carter because she meant it back in 2008 when she said, since 15 of my stilettos, I've been uh, strutting in this game, bitch, mm-hmm. and she ain't let the heel off the next fucking sense. Mm-hmm. And Miss Ma'am has done it again by being the first Black female to win the most Grammys, 32 to be exact. Come on. And the gag is that she won her, the the, the 32nd Grammy that kind of pivoted her to this moment was um, in a dance electronic music album category. So not, not even anything that anybody would think Black. We honor you, Giselle. We honor you, Miss Carter, Mrs. Come on. Carter. Come Mrs. on. Hey, Miss Carter. Hey, Miss Carter. <laughs> so, girl, continue to make history, continue to stomp on these girls' necks and fuck all the haters. By no means am I a part of the beehive. I just give honor where honor is due. Absolutely. Okay? And we love you. Beyonce Giselle knows Kata. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of record breaking, uh, you know, I know Laron doesn't watch, he's not a sports girl. Um, <laughs> we know that much. Um, so, basketball, it's a thing that. You know, not the uh, ball. Don't that you, do that. that you... I watch the sports. I may not watch it for the reason that y'all watch <laughs> them, but I do watch the sports. <laughs> right. Um, My son is one of the gays <laughs> <laughs> that watches the sports. Yeah. Okay. Um, but last night was an amazing uh, landmark for LeBron James, 
who has broken Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record that he held for 38 years. Wow. Yeah. Like the man in the Bible. And he now has 38,990 points. He will continue to play and probably get 40,000. Mind you, this man just turned 38 in December. Wow. He's only eight years older than me. It's baby. <laughs> you see what He's I'm only saying? one year older than Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> right? Huh. Wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were 37 already. I'm bad. My bad. Uh-huh. Sorry. Keep it cute. If you want to make it to 37, <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to worry me tonight. You are nasty. It's six, oh, oh, it's thick tonight. Oh, it's thick up in here tonight. <laughs> She she's still a late one. That's fine. She's still a late never, one. Never, never. <laughs> Always there when you come. It it, it be oh. the girls that don't show up fifteen minutes before, but show up on time. They be calling people late. Ooh. But we all know what the real rule is. That's the key. That's the key. <laughs> Y'all are nasty. <laughs> what happened <Sorry>. to us? <laughs> What happened to the pride and the dignity we have for one another? <laughs> Take oh, your place starting now, right now. <laughs> it's all love, y'all. We really love each other. He really love us. He really love your we daddy do. just playing. He really love us. <laughs> y'all are carrying. <laughs> I now have to watch Kingdom come when we finish recording. <laughs> <gasps> <laughs> You'd have to get a job to get some bullets. <laughs> bullets. <laughs> Put that thing away. Put it away. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All right. Well, whew. we are carrying it. Listen. Carrying. So that's anytime we do a, a a quote, you should take a shot. Be fucked up with us. Come on up a little please. higher with us. Yes, please. <laughs> well, my plan is to finish this whole bottle. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a night. Well, it's gonna be a night. Well, oh, now it's, it's, it's oh, what a what a your your part of the segment to go. Child, who <laughs> call, call me back? back? <laughs> um, I want people who listen to respond instead of listening to understand to call me back. Ah, mm. yeah. Um, Sam, man, turn him up. Great, <laughs> turn me up. Um, make sure my pack on. Mike too. <laughs> um, I don't like arguing with people, but more importantly, I don't want to argue before twelve o'clock, like noon. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not even at work. I haven't even had a cup of coffee. Um, and so, like, I have a I have a real big problem when, sure, when and we talked about this last week. When you tell somebody something and that's how they receive it, you know, okay. I've explained how I meant it, but you're still rebuttaling that saying like, oh no, you meant it like that. Now, we, why are we, why are we arguing? Why are we arguing? And then you say it's an argument. And I was like, I'm not arguing. I'm just offering my opinion, you know, but instead of you listening to understand, mm-hmm. you're listening to respond. And I cannot stand people who feel like they always have to la- have the last word because if you was in my face, I'd knock you the fuck out. And you won't have a word at all, you know. If allegedly. I can't say a word, you, baby, you're not gonna wave a hand. You can wave the IV. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Uh, allegedly, yeah, but I, that's what I want to call me back. Yeah. That's what I want to call me back. Just people who 
listen to respond instead of listening to understand. It's like while you're talking, they're like breaking down your sentence for a rebuttal. <laughs> for a rebuttal. What are we it's doing? Like, oh, okay. I'm, I, I hear you, but I already got a retort because I'm yeah. like, I'm not even listening to you. I'm just listening to it. Breaking everything down. And it's rooted in offense. You got you yeah. you got so offended that you stopped listening to me and now Bingo. you just want to. Bingo. Yeah, that, that's annoying. That's what I'll be like. Let me finish. <laughs> like I'm type I'm I'm typing and you typing at the same time. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> and you anticipating something you don't even know what I'm gonna say. Exactly. Oof. Don't don't three bubble me. You right. <laughs> hello. <laughs> don't you know, on Facebook Messenger. I ain't the one, the two, or the three. Oh, cry, not the Facebook Messenger noise. I can't. <laughs> so there's a lot going on in the world today. Um, today I saw a video of Smokey Robinson saying, oh, no, I don't do, I never drunk anything. Um, I only smoke weed. And they asked him, was it laced with anything? He's like, oh, it wasn't crack. It was cocaine. And, you know, I just, I just had to ask the question, Marvin Gaye, what, what? <laughs> Come here. What, what, what? What the fuck is going on? Because what? What? What was it? What was it? <laughs> yeah, Marvin, I've been your ass in here for a second. Because <laughs> I could have gone my whole life not knowing that Smokey Robinson. First of all, we could, we, I honestly could tell <laughs> by the way your face is kind of just, <laughs> I mean, stumped. Stop. <laughs> oh my god, Smokey! I, I honestly could have gone my the rest of my life without seeing the track list for your new album, <laughs> starting with "I'll I'll fit in" or "I'll fit right in" or something. We can start there. <laughs> what are you fit? What in? is he doing? You fit in somewhere. <laughs> We're not gonna do this, can you? And I just—is it able? To, are you able to get it up to fit in? Like there are just so many questions. I just we need to address. Yeah, we got. But we got really don't don't need to know. Got to call to the table because <laughs> that that took me by storm today. I was just so so confused. I'm cracking up. I'm by storm. But baby, I was stumped. Ain't that the word? I was stumped. stumped. I was stumped. He performed um, at the Grammys, and his wife wore a Fashion Nova outfit. <laughs> 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 he he had on. I'm sure it looked like a, a beautiful Tom Ford a tuxedo, a beautiful Tom Ford tuxima, and his wife is wearing <laughs> tuxedo. The <latest> greatest, <laughs> the latest greatest. Fashion Nova, it's, and it's not even a cute, it wasn't even a cute fashion. Like, there are so many other Fashion Nova suits that you could have picked from, chosen from. Um, and you, cho you chose that one, girl. I wasn't, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Jerry. <laughs> I didn't mean, you no, no, you're okay. Um, I want to talk about how a man <laughs> gave a paternity test to his, um, I'm assuming wife or girlfriend or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they discovered that actually, plot twist, the baby is neither one of y'all's. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So a man took a paternity test on his daughter and he, he wasn't the father. He thought the mom cheated. So they going back and forth and then come to find out, baby, they didn't suit the hospital because they switched babies. Hey, Thomas. Now, it's my understanding babies are tagged for that reason because a lot of babies may look the same. You may not be able to recognize your own child. Sometimes you have a C-section and, you know, stuff like that. So, you you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. they have sued the hospital. Baby, Thomas um, has a song on tonight. I mean, <laughs> a song he needs to sing. <laughs> but he says, he said, excuse me, can you put me program? Just yes. <laughs> He's featuring cool. Thomas the Train tonight. His worship, <laughs> his worship is for real. Um, <laughs> Most so, trains are. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, where we go from here. <laughs> right. But they did the smart thing. They didn't reveal their names and mm-hmm. they got a $2 million settlement, which to me is not enough. But Not hey, enough. <laughs> and they actually ended up keeping um, keeping the child and then their biological daughter was in foster care. Oh my. Yeah. So they are now really? reunited. Okay. So they were Oh my God. Whoa. Yeah. So they okay. kept the baby that wasn't theirs. I don't, then, there's no, there's no. Um, come on story. double for your trouble. Right. There's no story huh? of like whose baby that How was initially, mm-hmm. but they found their, their actual child. Which is all, you know, isn't that powerful? They didn't get paid enough, but that is powerful. Now, how how old was the the child? The biological child. The bi- well, both well, both babies. Like, were they like t- infant toddlers, or like were they like? Um. Well, I'm know? assuming. So the biological one was five. Oh. Okay. So I'm assuming. So, yeah, it, the five, both of the two five year olds. Yeah. That's kind of hard to do because, well, honestly, no, because I don't know. I just feel like at the age of five, I'm just thinking of my goddaughter. Like she's kind of she's coming into who she is, like personality wise, mm-hmm. and like she's kind of already set in the schedule. So it's like, did they receive the baby when she was five, or when the baby was still a baby? Because receiving a five year old would be challenging, <laughs> especially in foster care. Like yes, but God bless them. Hallelujah to y'all. I'm happy for y'all. God's a good guy. <laughs> my God, we honor him. Yes, he is. Um, <clears throat> so, Monique's new movie came out, The Reading. I want to watch it. It's The first 30 minutes are good. Um, then it takes a horrible, crazy plot twist. But I will say Monique committed and Monique, the actor, <laughs> is here. You hear me? She committed. Said Monique committed. She committed. So whatever bullshit that was, she committed Baby, to it. She committed to the bullshit. <laughs> Baby, there is a Beyonce adjacent actress in the film. And I was just like, oh, you you wanted to become an actor after watching Obsessed, didn't you? Mm. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. I see um, the inspiration. Yeah, I see. I see. I see. Um, but, you know, it was written by a black writer lee daniels um approved got it whatever i don't know but watch it because monique is committed so that happened she said bitch is that my fucking sweater but listen <laughs> it's amazing what platform is it on tubi it's it's on 
It should have been Tubi, oh. but it's on BT+. Oh. <laughs> okay. okay. I got that one. No, I'm it sorry should... because I was watching like some clips. I'm like, oh, this is a Tubi film. And I saw BET+. I said, oh, so it's Tyler Perry Studios. Okay. <laughs> Ten days. <laughs> Ten days. Maybe. Ten days. He wrote Maybe the script in scene. two hours. That's one scene. <laughs> wow. He wrote the script in two hours and they, they, they shot it within the same week. That's what, that's yeah. what the movie. Because, <laughs> baby, all, all the Queen's Men is horrible, but it's still, it's a good horrible. <laughs> I'd be tuned in, but that shit is trash. Fatima, too. I mean. <laughs> mm. but. And I like the vow. <laughs> okay. We love hey, it, but they, they just. They just commit to the bullshit. <laughs> yeah, they be committed. They be committed. That's how I say they, they commit. I'm cracking up. Speaking I did of being get in. Oh no no I'm go a, ahead. No 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 go ahead because I have I have a soapbox oh, to stand on. Before you get on that one, I want to talk about what we talked about earlier. When that the mom who tweeted, she gave her children a few options for um, education, medical, mm-hmm. finance, law and engineering. She said, in the Black community, we give our kids too much options. It should be too many options, but okay. <laughs> um, in life, that so an doesn't benefit you. Right. That doesn't <laughs> benefit the family when it should be. Okay. Never mind. So I, I understand wanting excellence from your child, but ultimately, I think that can turn into such resentment if I tell my son or my daughter, you can't study what you're passionate about. You got to study this because of whatever the reason may be. Um, as a as a person who, and I've said this, as a person who's worked in higher ed, especially, well, not now, but previously when I worked in an art school and I had, I would talk to students daily that their parents were doctors or dentists or whatever, but they really had a passion to sing and were talented, but their parents were like, I'm not paying for that, but I'll pay for medical school. Or I'll pay for, you know, dentistry school or whatever. Um, and you could already hear the resentment then. You know, it's just like, I would rather want my kid to be happy than to be forced to do something they don't want to do. That's just me personally. Yeah, so there, there, there's a piece to it that I agree with. And then there's a piece that I don't. I absolutely don't. Um, the control, The control aspect of it or... You're going to be this because it's going to mean this for for our family, or because you know you have to be prestigious. I don't I don't subscribe to that part. But if I've been given insight about your destiny and your life, um, I don't think it's wrong to lead or steer that child in that you know in the in that direction. But same token, and and in the same breath, it's still their choice. If you choose that you don't want to go to your destiny, I can't force you to do that. That's your choice. You, I can I can literally lead you to the water, but to drink it, baby, you have to make a decision. Do I want to, you know, dive dehydration or do I want to <laughs> drink from the well that never runs dry? That thing is thick in here. Unique. <laughs> it is thick in here. Serious. So um. I, I, I can say that I'm I'm on the same type of time. Like I agree to a point. Um and I, we've talked and I I shared my um my thoughts on this. Like, you know, you see in like other cultures, um uh, 
Asian culture, Indian culture, Jamaican culture. It's like you're pushed from the time that you're a child. Oh, you're going to be a doctor. I don't care what fucking field it's going to be, but you're going to be a doctor or like they push them into those type of roles or like kind of forcing them to do that, which um, I, as far as like the mentality of um, your child being excellent, and, and pushing them to that, I agree with. But like you said, Josh, I feel like if it's at the end of the day, it's just still your choice. Um, I feel like in, and maybe this is just my personal experience, but I, I've seen it in others as well. So maybe in the Black community, like I feel that whenever we express like interest in something, there's not like that same type of tenacity that the Jamaicans have behind someone's being, whether their kids being a doctor, as of like, okay, you like, I see like from a young age, like to draw. Okay, so let me start buying you sketchbooks and pens and not just chalk it up to a kid being a kid or like you, or like, like for me, I like, um, I played with baby dolls when I was a kid and it wasn't because I wanted to be a girl. Is the fact that I, I enjoyed dressing the dolls. I enjoyed fashion. I enjoyed doing their hair, that, that, cre- that creative side of me was coming out. What I wish that my parents would have like tuned into that and like tapped into that and pushed me to, you know, to tap into my creative side earlier, then yes, I feel like it's like it's always too late. It's like you get in high school, it's your junior high school, and your parents are like, all right, it's time for college. What you about to do? It's <laughs> like, come on now. We should have had this conversation when I was a kid. You, you saw me doing the little things that made me me then, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I agree, but to a point. Yeah. I think the only thing that I, I've said I wouldn't, especially after the DeMar Hamlin situation, my son will absolutely not play football. Flag football, yes. But contact, that's where I'm like, I just, watching my brother play and like going to the game with my mom and like every time he's tackled, she's grabbing me because she's scared. He's not going to get up and he pops back up. I just, I, I can't, I can't. But what if your kid really loved the game? What, so you 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 gonna disown your kid because he want to play football? I'm not gonna disown him, but that's tough. Just because, again, like mm-hmm. I mean, of course, every sport has its risks, but football, man, the long, the the long term damage mm-hmm. that it has, mm-hmm. the concussions, it's, it, it's just a lot. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I mean, but I life- feel differently. But life can happen any at any time. I don't think I don't think it's fair to rob him of his potential, you know, love for because of your fear. Because he could absolutely play football and never get injured. You know? And then, you know, he could be riding a bike and get injured. So like you you there's no way to safeguard him like that. You can't take away all the things that might hurt him because then what's the essence of his life? You know, yeah, the true. intention is right. It's just you know you still have to let people be people. Mm. That's why they say parenting to, is we, not an easy job. Yeah, there's no <laughs> rule book just, for it. We, we they just do the best. Even with my parents, like I was talking about cousin the other day, it's like I can't really. I've learned through therapy because I had such resentment and like bitterness over my parents. But at the end of the day, there's no, like you said, there's no rule book. There's no handbook to it. Like you and you do what you can with the tools that you have. So I can't harbor resentment to my parents because they were only operating by the tools that they had at that moment. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, now that we're trying to get 
introduce new tools, we can do a little better. But <laughs> a little better. You know. We can <laughs> circle the block for sure. Um, but I, you, we were speaking of Beyonce earlier, so you know, um, like go. I said, she won the 30 she won that she is now holder of 32 grammys and but one of those grammys is not album of the year i do kind of okay just like a quick reference if you're not watched the grammys i don't know how you can rewatch them but if you can't are able to rewatch them rewatch them because it really was a good show um there's a lot of things that did happen that were hilarious like when beyonce went on one of her albums the dream came up and was like because she wasn't there yet she was late to the grammys as she should be um, but the dream came up to uh accept the award and he was like y'all know niggas be on ctp uh cp time beyonce thanks y'all <laughs> he, he actually said, say niggas he said no yes he said y'all know niggas be on cp time beyonce thanks y'all <laughs> <laughs> and this is why the grammys be acting where they be acting because niggas like you get up this is not the source awards my nigga like you can't just come up and just say use our vernacular like that homie that's not gonna this happen isn't your little bt cypher okay <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that so that was funny um i noticed that a lot of people don't thank god anymore during their acceptance speeches which is you know very bothersome and the only person that actually thanked god was beyonce wow the woman y'all say is a witch and, a war, and is a satanist and her husband is drinking blood out of champagne flutes but you know she thanked god and really it was sincere and she sat in it but you know no one else did but um <laughs> moving on sam smith uh, speaking of satanic worship a lot of people, the Facebook, the Facebook prophets and apostles are mad at Sam Smith and the Grammys, child. They are mad at Sam Smith and the Grammys, which kind of bewilders me because the Grammys isn't the Stellar Awards. So what the fuck did you expect? Um, but Sam Smith, shout out to Kim Petra, though, because uh, him and her and Sam Smith won Best Pop Day when she was the first transgendered female to win in that category. So shout out to you, Kim. But they said that his uh, performance was very satanic, but whatever. My point being, back to Beyonce. So she was nominated for Album of the Year. Now, like I said earlier, <laughs> I am not by no means a member of the Beehive, but I will give honor where honor is due. And being as though that I come from a musical family, music is in my DNA, it's in my blood, I know music. For her not to win album of the year and for Harry Styles to win album of the year, which his album, his most recent album is, it's feel good music, but it's, it did not deserve that. Beyonce deserved album of the year because if you li listened from her album from cover to cover, now me, I love Beyonce and I can honestly say that Renaissance was not a fave for me. Mm -hmm. My favorite album, uh, Beyonce album is Four. And I wanted a four meets dangerously in love type vibe where like mm. you still give me bops, but you're still fucking singing from cover to cover. Mm -hmm. Now, beyond, like when I initially took a listen to Renaissance, the only song on that shit that really like, oh, this bitch is singing was Plastic Off the Sova mm -hmm. was singing. And she won a Grammy for our best R&B performance for that song. Mm -hmm. So that just proves that, that that song, she was doing her good singing. But then after I watched the Grammys on Sunday and she didn't win, I was I listened to it again. And I was like, there is you listen to album from cover to cover, the transitions, the musicality, the lyrics, oh, yes. the 
she, she was singing in every like literally singing down in every song like every it was single an song. amazing body of work and this woman has given given up has secluded herself given herself to her work immensely and the mm-hmm. product and we got such an amazing beautiful product for her not to win album of the year and then for harry to Styles win it and then for his acceptance speech he literally says oh this doesn't happen a lot to people like me what? what literally this what? whole show is y'all <laughs> okay welcome to the so, grammys hello <laughs> So that that was my soapbox moment. I just had to say it. Like that was some bullshit. <laughs> I can't say I'm surprised anymore. Um, yeah, I feel I've always felt like like I'm I'm already nervous for the Oscars because Angela is nominated, and mm-hmm. I just I feel like committees like to like give us a little bait. Oh, here you go, niggers. Here you go. Take that. Mm-hmm. And then that's, that's all. But I'm saying, like, and that's that's that's, that's that's all we give you. Like, oh, well, we gave her those, so we, you know. But it's like, let it be. Let the talent speak for itself. Yeah. Um, I am in total agreement. I didn't. Um, I was not sold on Renaissance. Even like the single that came out, I was like, okay, this is cute, you know. Yeah. Um, but when I listened to the transition, mm-hmm. I had a different appreciation for the song. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I would say Forrest probably musically is probably my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Lemonade I like because of the risks that she took on certain things. Yeah. But yeah, four mm-hmm. ultimately yeah. So I mm-hmm. I'm just not surprised anymore, which is partially you know the main reason why I didn't watch it because I'm like I don't even want to give my energy to that because I already know they're gonna fuck up per usual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just I- shout out to Adele. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Beyonce too, but I I can't say that I've I, I've listened to a full Beyonce album like oh child you missing out. But I like I like four I like four not you know I just listen sporadically, but I enjoyed um, Renaissance. Um, my introduction was the single, and I I avoided it. But you know when my grandmother passed, you know that song became a, a gospel song for me. Okay. And it was just like, you know, I had to, you know, I was playing, it got to the point I was playing that song every day. So it was just like, and then when I like let it play, I think I just, I didn't have it on repeat one day and it just played through. That transition came and I said, oh, cuff it. And, you know, I'm in that song. I was like, yeah. okay. Yes. And then energy came and then church girl came. I was like, oh, hold up. Yes. Like she's singing. <laughs> Yes, amazing bottle, body of work. So yeah, so the bitch had people quitting their job. <laughs> Inspiration. <laughs> How is this my album like, over no here? One. Yeah, <laughs> she's doing amazing things. Um, but yeah, okay. So Marvin, Marvin, Gaye, we're gonna close the door on you because we got to move on in the service. Um, <laughs> so Lauren London, whew. Dre. You already know what to do. <laughs> Lauren London. <laughs> Ooh, a slur came up from the deepest Ooh. part of my belly. But the angels of the Lord. Ooh. Ow, 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 ow. But the angels of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, they would yeah, not yeah, let yeah. me be devoured. Hallelujah to God. 
Lauren London did a interview with Angie Martinez. Um, and she made this statement that she also made at uh, Nipsey's funeral. And she said, you don't own people. You experience them. When I say that thing sat down in my belly, because, you know, um, for those of you who don't know, I just recently lost um, an aunt who is the daughter, the, the eldest daughter of my grandmother. So they died 157 days apart. And um, my aunt had just turned 53 eight days before. So, you know, it was just a lot. Um, so I am a person that really struggles with death. Me and, me and death's relationship is not good. Um, so when I heard, you know, you don't own people, you experience them, it really triggered me. It really triggered me because I was vacillating between the ideas of do I stop loving people? because this hurts so much or do I continue to risk being hurt like this and continuing to love? So, you know, relationships were and still on some days are still up in the air for me. Um, Cause it's like, mm, loving hurts. Mm-hmm. So this, this idea of not owning people, cause I think what makes it, hurt so much is because you thought they were yours um and something was taken from me we take ownership of people so to say no we just experienced them it sounded like at the time an easier way to cope mm-hmm. so how did how, how how did y'all receive you know, you don't own people you experience. And what's your take initially? At first, like, I, I too, when I listened to it, because I, like I told you, I waited until today so it could be fresh. Um, and at first I was like, how you going to tell me? You know, like, you got the audacity. But then I was like, but wait, you're right. I, I mm-hmm. don't. Know like every life is an experience. Everything's an experience. Um, there is no such thing as together forever. It's just not possible because we're mortal. We're not immortal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's she just this whole interview. I mean, just gave me a whole different perspective on a lot of things. But yeah, initially, yeah. like it, it took me. It kind of it. I want to say I was offended, but I was just kind of like, "Yeah, what the fuck you talking about?" But then, like you said, that thing kind of just gripped me real quick, and it's like, "No, that's absolutely true." The points were <laughs> points were made for sure. Points were made. Points are made. Um, it definitely was um an interesting interview, and when I heard that, I mean, I I agreed. Um, I agreed to a point. Um, I, I do love the idea of, um, experiencing a person and not having like that sense of like, um, ownership over someone, like they're your property or something of that, 
nature. Um, mm-hmm. I was more so thinking of on the lines, like immediately, I guess because the connotation of the interview was her and Nip. So my mind like immediately went into like, re- like romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, this is where I, to the point I, when I say I agree to a point, it's up to this point. Um, I feel like, uh, of course, when, I, and I've said this before, there's a difference between lusting someone and loving someone. Lust takes at the expense, lust, lust takes at the expense of others and love gives at the expense of self, right? That's just what I believe. Um, so I feel like when it comes to like relationships and when you guys are like kind of in, in an agreement of a covenant, like we were talking about last week, then it's not when on I'm saying your mind and it's not coming from like a lust perspective to where like I'm scared of losing you. It's coming from it's like coming from a place of like appreciation while like damn, like you chose me. Like and people can look at the box, but they can't touch it because like you chose me. So that means that you are <laughs> In a sense that you belong to me, you know what I'm saying? From that sense that you belong to me, not like mm-hmm. in like kind of a like a, you know, like like it sounds it sounds harsh. It's it sounds like bad, like it scares you. But like if it's from that understanding, that's where I say like I don't like mm-hmm. full like I'm not a, full, so, like all the way against like don't say you're mine, don't say you belong because even in wedding vows, I take you to have and to like. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 you see you see the the ownership as um hmm. it's just like like she said like she said in the interview like where we have the understanding we have the agreement that it's going to be us and we're going to experience life the life that we have together now um eat, we, i'm not gonna get into that because y'all gonna look like i'm crazy no say <laughs> it so even when she was talking about like when like you said we're not uh we, we everyone dies we 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 all die right and so we're a spirit mm-hmm. possessing flesh right sure so when she was so when she was saying that you know when you die your spirit goes on and uh if it's true love then your soulmate then you'll meet that person in the next lifetime is essentially what she was saying mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say that I always don't subscribe to that just because I feel like my God is so big that this universe, he didn't just create this universe. And I feel like, you know, when we die, we just pass on to the next lifetime. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess I'll see you next lifetime. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's just, that, that's, that's just how I feel sometimes, but. <laughs> so, so you don't, you don't have a negative connotation to ownership. It's more, it you see you see ownership as a sense of belonging no not no not not necessarily i i it depends on what space that you're in with your partner like if you're operating from a place of lust and out of fear then when you're saying you're mine bitch can nobody ever fucking touch you like you're like you you're mine and if somebody try it it's gonna be you know what i'm saying like i'm scared of losing you but like when you understand like i really don't I don't own you. You're free to do whatever the fuck you want to do. At the end of the day, I'm just here to experience this moment, this love with you. But you, cho- but you still decide to be with me. Like you're still choosing me. Then okay, cool. Then it's good. To, it's good to know that like can't nobody have you but me, really, because you're choosing me. In this moment, you, you know, what I'm saying, does that make sense? Am I making sense? Partially. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so so then what does this mean in the within the context of relationships then if if there's this idea of i'm not yours you're not mine we're experiencing each other mm-hmm. what does that what do you think that does to the context of relationship cuz i think i don't think it i don't 100% believe that it changes the dynamic or the quality of the re- of the relationship but i do see how people can take that as a loop and you know as a loophole um but then that goes back to the state of your heart and the intention mm-hmm. that you have in the beginning mm-hmm. so i think about like i mean relationships but marriage too like you literally can wake up one day and look over at the person next to you and like, it's, they're not the same. And it's, and a lot of the times it's nothing, nothing has happened. I know for me personally, like in past relationships, I've gotten to a point where that happened and it wasn't like, I didn't despise, you know, said person or whatever, but I just, that same feeling that I had, I didn't have anymore. And so that's when it was like, looking back on it, that's when the experience was over. Um, so I think there is, and yes, your, you know, intentions are now, if you know good and well, that's not who you should be with. And you still try to get with them and like, Oh, I'm going to try to change them or I'm going to try to whatever. That's a different story. But if this is somebody like you genuinely rock with and you vibe with and like all the lights are green, but then over time it's just life happens. And like, that's the risk of being with someone is like you see so many parts of them, but after a certain time, like there are certain things that haven't happened yet. So if you, if you're with somebody for a long time and somebody passes away in their family, they lose a parent, they lose a child, they lose whatever, you know, that's a different side that you haven't seen before. So you don't know if, um, if that's going to be your, if that's going to be the person that, you know, I don't know. How, and that sounds like kind of crazy. Cause it's like, it's not to say like, of course we all take death differently, but I mean, as we know, I mean, I know me personally, like I've, I've, I've seen people like get in the dark space and never come out. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's rough. And it's like, that's the person you love. And it's like, how much longer can I put up with this or not put up with this, but deal with it. Cause that starts to take mm-hmm. a toll on you. Because you're you're giving up, you're sacrificing a lot of your own stuff to like try to be there for them, and so I think um, it's it's scary sometimes to think about. But at the same time, that connected the dots for me personally was when she said, "In experience, is like because you literally can wake up one day and be like, yeah, you know." Mm-hmm. So so then so then. My my follow up question would be where where then is the commitment in that? Like, do you commit to only one experience that you know I'm only going to commit to the experiences that serve me? Once the experience no longer serves me, I'm out. Or do you commit to various experiences? You know, I commit to experience you know your good days, your bad days your in-between days. Like, what what experience do you sign up for? I think it's the latter. Um, you go in understanding 
that it's not going to be all, you know, we call it the honeymoon stage. It's not going to always be that, you know, mm-hmm. the the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, so, yeah, it's not that I necessarily subscribe to the positive stuff. Like, I know something's coming, but it's like, yeah. you don't know what you're going to feel like after that something mm-hmm. happens or whatever mm-hmm. that something is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I asked the question because when you say, you know, and w- when she said you can look over the next, you know, one morning and just no longer be satisfied or want to be there. I think that a lot when that's handled irresponsibly, that mm-hmm. gives people a way out and a means or a vehicle to hurt people. Definitely. And it's just like. So I think there's a responsibility even in the experience because I don't I don't all the way disagree. And I, I do think, I think to experience people um, makes it fun. And I think that's a way to never lose the fun because I, I said this all the time. Um, all of my girlfriends, I liked them better before we officially became boyfriend and girlfriend. When we became official boyfriend and girlfriend, it became a job. Oh, we have to take pictures together because you're mine, and people have to know that you're mine. And you know, you know, why are you yeah. into, why are you responding to DMs? And you're you're mine, and it's just like that's operating out of that fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, with anything, like with most things that we talk about, there's a slippery slope to all of this. Mm-hmm. I understood, and and like even with that, even with that example, like it just clicked back when when she said that she was operate, operating from a place of pure love ego. like her and Nip had oh, pure yeah. love and she stepped like like you said she stepped out of her ego um so like and just to topic on my point I was thinking earlier like I feel like when you're operating in that like type of space the you you're, you're good with uh going through the experiences and like what then when you realize okay well this is just not working we're no longer inspiring each other we're no longer bettering each other yeah we're just actually doing more harm to each other then this experience is just over (laughs) but but you have to but and that's and and then having the mindset of like i don't own you and i think we'll make we'll make breakups easier (laughs) yeah i think too i think too Again, if you handle it responsibly, you can choose your best your best experience. Yeah. Um, like if you're completely honest, you can absolutely choose your best experience because I, I think most people get into relationships because of their ego. Yeah. And that's why they ask the questions like, What do you bring to the table? What can you do for me? Like why what benefit are you gonna add to my life? They're automatically looking looking to gain and not to give out Mm -hmm. and it's like well why why is there such a deficit in your life as a single woman or human that you need somebody to come add to you yeah why can't you be whole enough that when whoever comes in your life you add to them too and y'all mm-hmm. add to each other because that mm-hmm. that's a greater right. harvest. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, like I was watching another interview and Taraji it was Taraji Henson and she was and they were talking about ego. And she 
said something that definitely ties into what you're saying about handling things irresponsibly. She mm-hmm. said ego ego is a good thing because of what it's what gives you that confidence. Like when you walk into a room and you're able to own the room or just stand in who you are, it gives you that confidence. She said it gets tricky, it gets slippery when it's unchecked ego. Uh, yes. When that baby is unchecked, that that's that's when we get into that. Well, what how, what you what you bringing in, what what you bring what you bring to the table? That's when we get into that area. Yeah. A healthy balance. By the way, I my therapist so. told me that I was unbalanced, and I'm still not over that. Won't but, she get you yeah. together? <laughs> Baby, I said, I beg yeah, your she... pardon. Uh, you were your unbalanced self. <laughs> now here's your homework. <laughs> Correct. Right. Um. So, do you think this this affects loss and how people deal with loss? Because because to lose an experience if it, it sounds easier than to lose something that's that's mine yeah that mm, yeah. you know i no longer get to experience this person in the capacity that i experienced them before that's easier in my mind to cope with than to know that something that was yours is gone forever. Yeah. It's interesting because, like, I think it's all about how, like you said, Josh, how we handle the experience, right? So as you go from, even, like, platonically from relationship to relationship, as you're transitioning from those experiences, what are you taking from them? And I think oftentimes what happens People can't find the balance of that was a really bad relationship. I don't want that relationship again. Mm-hmm. Or that was a really good relationship, but we broke up. And if you can't match that, right. and it's like, I don't want to match what that person did. I don't want to give yeah. you the same experience. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's all about, I think about like, I mean, I've been single now for almost four years. And so I think about like situations that I've had they've been experiences. They haven't been positive because I'm still single, but the other side of that is I've learned so much from those experiences and I would not change them. And so I feel like there are like minute experiences that you have to prepare you for that, for that big one, you know, that, that love that, you know, well, I don't want to say that we all desire, but that people desire. Um, Mm -hmm. And because I've said like, I want to be in a relationship this year. I really do. I feel like I've taken a lot of time to myself and um, a lot of healing that needed to happen too, um, which I didn't realize until probably like last year when I had a lot of time to sit. But I really feel like it's all about how you take your experience case by case and what your outlook on it is. Because again, I don't, I never want to compare my experiences because they're, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be the same. It won't be because around. a lot of people do that though. Because and that's yeah. so my therapist again was on my neck and said, you know, revealed to me that you know I'm a very I'm a neat freak externally, but I'm a hoarder of experiences. I do not let go of experiences, hmm. and what I do then is I build walls around experiences. So case in point, my 25th birthday party. I spent all this money. 
and <laughs> nobody showed up. Yeah. So I then built this wall be- because I didn't let go of that experience that now my birthday, I'm going to do intimate things all the time. And it's not because that's what I really want to do. It's because that experience became something that I used to protect me from something or to justify me in why I don't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you're not careful, experiences can also be stuff that keeps people out or punishes other people for past, you know, mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to pay for people's mistakes. That I'm tired of. Definitely not. And we, I've got a friend, y'all, who in Jesus, who's who said, and I don't think he listens, but I don't care. Maybe he should. But we, you know, you know, we all have our group chats, and you can tell when like a person is going through. It's like, hey, like, have you ever thought about going to therapy? Oh, it doesn't work. Have you tried it? Have you right? Have you tried it? And how do you know that if you don't apply what you're told? That's like going to the that's like going to the gym every day and doing a workout wrong. Or that's like having a personal trainer and the trainer is like teaching you the exercises wrong. You're not you're not benefiting from that. So if uh-huh. you're going to therapy, going back to listening and you're listening to respond instead of listening to hear and this is an, you know, unsolicited opinion or suggestion or whatever this person has no affiliation with your life at all. And they're able to spot things in you and you still can't see it. Yeah. What is it going to, I pity for those people. Cause I'm like, I never want God to just really do something to get your attention because mm-hmm. you, that, you know, so I just, I don't know. It'd be a lot. <laughs> it, it's a lot. It's a lot. It'd I just, lot. I don't want to pay for people's mistakes. I really don't. Yeah. I think that's a psychic position to be in. I just want somebody who who wants to be better and we can be better together. You know? Um, Period. And I I think when people say like, oh, you complete me, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm, me personally, I've learned like I need someone to compliment me in the way that in the areas that I'm weak, Mm -hmm. you lifting me and vice versa. Yeah. Be... Christina and Meredith, that is forever my favorite relationship on TV. Yeah. Be my person. Yeah. They were each other's person. Ooh, let me do the Maya Angelou. <laughs> and that's like rooted in identity crisis because like if yes. you don't know who you are, I I should, I should, the totality of who you are should not like include me. <laughs> Listen. Should yeah. not include me. You should Your know world exactly should not fall apart and look. Yeah, you you should know your know every part of your nook and cranny, um. But I should not, and that and that's a lot of pressure and responsibility unnecessarily to put on somebody. And it's not my <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not I, I, like it's it's okay. Like so, like like even with loss, like mourn the loss of your relationship. But uh, but it, it, this even goes back into like mourning the loss of a loved one. Like you just can't get lost in that. You can, like you just can't let the allow that to consume you. You have to handle it, like you said, Josh. Respond, like handle it responsibly. Yeah. I think at time. the end of the day, we're all we're all seeking. We all want to be loved. 
<laughs> we're all seeking we're all seeking some level of comfort. Yeah. We want to be comforted and secure and feel safe. Um so you know, I think I think all of these ideologies are are things that people are just really sitting back and investigating and it's worth it. You know, how can I bring myself comfort? How, you know, and I think that's that's the beauty of having conversation like this because uh, here we don't we're not trying to change your mind or persuade you either way. It's just conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's worth investigating. Like because what am I really after in an experience? And I think I think you have to define that. I think mm-hmm. you have to define that, and then once you define it, you then you know put boundaries up like this is this is what I want so this is this is the the playing ground that I'm gonna this is my Fortnite battleground I'm cracking out (laughs) (laughs) I think also like um the true route that everybody not everybody but a lot of people miss is you're just not happy Mm. yeah and like you have to come to grips with that I have like I have a friend he said You'll never find happiness in any job because you can't even find happiness in your own life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're constantly searching for something. There's no there's no focal point. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the gift of the white lady with all the equations. Like that's what your life looks like because there's no there's no common denominator. And yeah. what is your what is your happiness rooted in? So, and it's funny that you bring that up because I, you know, last week I really, I sat with that um, because you, you, you really only hear about happiness as an emotion mm-hmm. and not as a state of being. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I had to ask myself a hard question, like, Josh, are you happy? Mm-hmm. And ultimately my, my answer was no, I'm not happy, but I did the work to investigate why I'm not happy, what makes me happy, both internally and externally. And then I could say from there, it's not just, I'm not, I don't feel happy. It's I'm not in the state of happiness right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even in the, you know, happiness does not mean, you know, peaches and green, yeah. you know, diamonds and pearls. You know, it, it, it means that even when there's chaos around me, what I'm centering, what I'm centered in, and what brings me peace doesn't change. I'm not shaken by outside forces. I'm safe here. I'm secure in my happiness. So I think that's worth investigating too, because a lot of people aren't happy. A lot, and a lot of people chase after things that are hyped up to make them happy. And it's just like, ooh, a new toy. Ooh, if I get that, that's gonna make me happy. That's gonna make me a happy person. It's not. Mm-hmm. No. Because you keep trying to put your happiness in things instead of trying to find the root of your unhappiness so that you can, you know, I was about to say so do, that you can do, go ho. But I'm you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but me and my best friends actually talking about this just the other day. And because I, like you, just, I kind of I sat with myself too. And I was like, look, I'm, I'm not happy and i like when i was like my best friend he was like well you you know you always seem so happy like you have like whenever you walk into a room like you're like the smiles on your face like you're so 
you know, welcoming. I said, I'm kind. That doesn't mean I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's okay to, you know, once in a while, um, you know, mistake my kindness for weakness because right now I'm really weak just, just just because I'm being kind to someone because you never know what people are going through. So I'm naturally kind. I try to be kind to people, but that 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 did not ugh, that does not necessarily mean that like I'm happy. I'm in a state of happiness. Yeah. Crazy yeah. that you were talking about that. Yeah. And experience experiences beget. Oh, that's so churchy. Beget experiences. And it's just like <laughs> if I've not passed the the test of this experience. I'm going to either find someone who shares this experience with me and it's toxic. We become trauma bonded and cellmates. Um, and there's no benefit in that. We, we just, you know, stay on this hamster wheel of this same experience. So mm-hmm. I think there are levels and graduations of experiences. And I actually think you can graduate from people. Absolutely. 100%. Shit, I have. I have. Seasons change, Pete, and you may not make it to the season. Sorry, yeah. boy. <laughs> I held two cards in my hands. <laughs> Both of you will go home and pack your bags. <laughs> Ira was a bit. That show was. I, I'm sorry, Chase and Ira, but that show. I went back and watched it. That show. That was traumatic for them girls. For real, yes. Tyra was a bitch. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, go ahead, Jeremy. I lost it. Jesus, <laughs> if it come back, you're to not me, even man. high. You're not even high. Come on. I know my brain oh my is scattered. There's danger uh, in the land. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. Oh, but we serve a bring it back God. Ha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come back to remembrance. Woo. <laughs> Yeah, anything else y'all want to share on that? No. I th- I think we kind of well if if it comes back to Jeremy. There it is. It's back. You, it's, um <laughs> I think being happy when I learned that I wasn't was when I actually experienced depression and the thought of like I don't want to get out of bed. Mhm. Because mm-hmm. what's waiting is not bringing me happiness um and i still i still have those days um but now they're for different reasons so it's like it's like am i progressing or is it just like are there certain i mean are there are certain parts of my life that i'm not happy with mm-hmm. um and I, I believe that's what it is because like love my job but it's you know whereas before when i was teaching i literally hated it and i didn't want to get up and go and I was miserable and I was snappy and pissy and frustrated and moody and everything. And I was like, thank God I live by myself. Cause if mm-hmm. I was with anybody that mm-hmm. uh, find somebody else to do it is what they would say. Mm-hmm. Get somebody else to do it. <laughs> you know? Um, and so I think I've been on a, a, a journey to, to find that happiness again. And if you don't know about depression, let me tell you, it's, it's a never-ending. It's a bitch. It's a bitch. I was just about never to say ending the same fucking thing because it comes in waves, and yes. you just, you just. I've just told myself like, this is, this is like, like I 
told you, Josh, as long as you get out of bed, or even if you, even if you don't get out of bed, that's all you can do. That's all, God. That's all I got today. I'm getting up. That's yeah. it. That's all I got for you. I can't. I have. I have nothing else to give you. But I can get out mm-hmm. this bed though. Yeah. Um, and that, I'm just learning to just. And I think sometimes people get. People don't understand that you're not necessarily like you don't want to feel that way but it's just it's so heavy on you internally mm-hmm. and you just can't shake it so it's like this is what it is man i don't want to because if i push it to the side it's only gonna build up which is it's done before and i've broken down before and it's like where is this coming from mm-hmm. oh it's because you didn't address that mm-hmm. emotion that you had a few weeks ago you suppressed and even it. and even high functioning depression it works the same way you, you yeah. go 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 and it's just like you're avoiding you neither is is fun to experience it's it's not yeah. a good time <laughs> life is not a good time royce <laughs> <laughs> you got to before i was able to <laughs> maybe the two you can beat on your home loretta was amazing in that movie jesus got the knob <laughs> Oh, you the devil reincarnate. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> so last question, and then we're gonna close the show. Um, based on this interview, based on is this going to change something about how you interact with people um or in your relationships? Have you made it that far yet? Um, I make it, I'm I wanna uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, because that cause I don't have to stop doing that. Like, just really sit with the question for a second and really like check on myself. Like, you know, Lauren, really, really, have I have you made it that far yet? No, but um, I I feel like the interview inspired me to look at things that way. Mm. Um, that's a good answer. And yeah, I I really feel like that. Like, ever since I watched the interview, I've really been like kind of just reevaluating reevaluating all relationships. Yeah, and um, I mean, to, uh, like like a portion of it whenever whenever me and my boyfriend like started going through like our real relationship issues um we got we got um we had broke up for the first time and it was cool that i was we were able to like remain friends after Mm -hmm. like during that time so um it kind of just when she was talking i was like well i kind of had the realization that i really don't own him then maybe Mm -hmm. but um as far as uh like Reevaluating, reevaluating on my relationships, I definitely am inspired because of the interview to do so. Yeah, I would say the same. It inspired me to research. It inspired me to ask questions, and it inspired me to dig a little deeper. Um, it also, um, it also inspired me to, um, to sit with things and to really um, weigh the costs and to put a checks and balances even on the experience. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I going to, uh, not on the experience, but what you do with the experience. It's like, okay, okay. are you going to build a wall or are you going to take the lesson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it, it definitely definitely going to make me ask some questions, but it also was like reassuring. Um, 
of, you know, what we always say, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what that type of experience is like, that kind of loss of, you know, a significant other. I've, you know, but to hear her talk about it and say, like, I didn't want to shower, you know, you know, mm-hmm. but then like you kind of like think of like how traumatic that must have been to get that call, to see it on the news, whatever. And then to find out he's no longer here. Yeah. Um, but like you can slowly see the light coming back to her. And so there was something she said, I don't remember exactly, but she talked about being in the tunnel and you don't know how far the darkness is, mm-hmm. but you just keep, you just keep going. I was just like, that's kind of what life is at, yeah. at times, you know? Um, it's a roller coaster. There's times when it's like, and I think like last year for me was like the first time I really experienced, like, I'm still going to worship through whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? Cause it's easy. You know, we hear it all the time. It's easy to do when everything's good, but when it's not, Mm-hmm. I mean, when it's really not, and he ain't showing up like you think, but he does in the nick of time. You know right in the mean? nick of time, hallelujah. Um, so yeah, it was. It definitely made me. It also kind of made me. It's just gonna sound weird, but like kind of embrace losing someone differently. Yeah. Um, just because of the way that she talked about it, like when she said she told her kids, she said, "I'm honest with my kids," and I told them your dad is, he's here. You know, he's always going to he be just transitioned. Here. Yeah. He just transitioned, mm-hmm. you know, and when you hear him, that's him or, you know, write him a letter. And I thought that was like, beautiful, man, you know, because there is no, and this is what I hate about church people. They want to quote scriptures. I don't want to hear that. That's yeah. not shut up. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. there is no formula of dealing with death. They're, yeah. they're never. And even when you think there is, you lose somebody else and it hits you differently than it did the last person, yeah. you know? So it, it reassured some things and it also um, made me like ask myself some questions too. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was, I'm definitely gonna watch it again and, and watch, I can't wait to watch Taraji's at work tomorrow. Taraji's was gonna say watch Taraji's and watch I'm Mary J. Blige's too. They were all both really good. But even when, she, when Lauren, Lauren London was talking and she was talking about like, it just came back to my memory when, um, she got the call about Nip and she said she prayed and even mm-hmm. that affected her relationship with God because she was like, do you not hear my prayers? Are you not listening yeah. to me? Are you silent? You know what I'm saying? Like it just causes those. So like even that part of the, even that part of the interview kind of just, it helped me because immediately, well, I can't say everybody, but for me, I was like, God, why? Like when I lost my grandfather, I was like, I want my, why my grandfather? Why can't you take somebody else's? Why mine? You know what I'm saying? So just he- hearing that aspect and like, you know, it really helped me just to not to handle to, to handle it properly mm-hmm. and not, you know, get angry with God or become bitter. But say, yeah. no, just yeah. uh, just understand that, you know, like, like we are spirit possessing a body and their experience here on Earth is over. We try to have transitioned and look at it from that aspect. But it was it was a great interview. It was a really, really good interview. And Angela Martinez, Angie Martinez, said, she's a great interview. The voice of New York, baby. <laughs> she 
I can appreciate someone, a non-intrusive interviewer. Yeah. Because yeah. even even with, and she would always preface it with like, when she asked her about love, she was like, if this is, you know, you don't have to answer. Uh-huh. Whereas like so many, oftentimes we badger people for answers and it's like, I don't want to give you that. You I know? love the fact she made it feel like a safe, she made it a safe space. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. as the interview went on, Lauren got like more comfortable because I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot to, I mean, and then when she talked about like staying in LA and like mm-hmm. nip and like he literally is everywhere, <laughs> you know, Not for real. Um, but yeah, I just, I really appreciate that. I would love for her to find love again. That's just me being her little cheerleader. But I understand what she said. Um, actually, absolutely. Randomly, I, was, I saw but her at a think- car wash too, by the way. She's amazing. She's a fine person, but and she's and she's hella thick. But I think yeah. welcome back, Josh. Um, I think um, <laughs> I think I was okay with with her answer though. That mm-hmm. she was like, I had it, I experienced yeah. it. I don't want to mm-hmm. do that. I don't want to do that that way again. Yeah, I respected that, and I I understood that. Because mm-hmm. she got to that point where you know she actually loved him outside of self. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I feel like all relationships should aspire to be like that, especially yeah. especially if marriage is on the table. Like, my, I look at my grandmother when my grandfather passed. Like, we were joking. I was joking like, "Oh, my grandma, you got a new boyfriend?" And she was like, "I don't, I don't need that. I, 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 I experienced what I, I experienced that. I, I had, you know, what I'm saying. So, yeah, I feel like everyone should aspire to be to have that feeling of loving, love, giving love and receiving love in that way. I think is such a beautiful thing. Yeah. All right, you guys, we can close out the show. Oh, I got it. You dragging it. Um, so today, you know, I'm working from home for a season. Mm-hmm. Um, so today I was just minding my business, you know, playing my music. You know, it was rainy in Dallas today, and it's like I was productive and cleaning up my house. My phone rings. It's my complex, and they're like, hey, you know, we got a noise complaint. You know, um, and, you know, they were about to call the police, but, you know, we said, so whoever, whoever my neighbor is that has it out for me and I've done nothing, you're dragging it. And I want you to count your days because now it's a war. (laughs) Now it's a war. It's on, bitch. Whoever you are. And I shall win. Victory shall be mine. (laughs) Because I'm a winner. I'm a I'm a winner. That that was mighty. That was mighty. <laughs> mighty. Do you have an Do you have an idea of which neighbor it is? <laughs> I don't. I don't, but I'm hmm. gonna I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask because she said she was like, um, yeah, they identified your proper number. I was like, mm, okay, mm. okay, okay, mm, okay. We're gonna find a dead. We're gonna find a dead rat and put it on their door. Jesus, that sounds like witchcraft to me. Wait a minute. Go- <laughs> <laughs> bind like- it up. Bind it up. Bind it up. <laughs> Loose your hole. Loose. <laughs> All right, y'all. Anything hit y'all spirit? Um, actually, yes. 
for real, for real, honestly. Um, like you said, Josh, you know, like you said that you sat with yourself, actually were happy. And I did the same thing this week. And um, this, the English language is an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, quote the scripture, uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, comma, the Lord will lift up a standard. But if you move that comma, when the enemy come in, comma, the spirit of the Lord, it changes the whole connotation of the sentence, right? So um, kind of had the same thought, like when I was very in a dark space this this week, and I kept on seeing like live on purpose, live on purpose. I just kept on like, so I like, I was like, I'm gonna wake up every morning and just look at myself and say, live on purpose, live on purpose, right? But I decided to add a comma, live on comma purpose, because sometimes mm. we enter a space to where we can't like it, it's it's too dark to where we can't even be that inspiration to ourselves. So we have to speak to the thing. Mm. So live on purpose. So mm. add that, add, add that, put that in your pipe and smoke it. That's good. <laughs> Isn't that powerful? Um, I would say, I would say. I, I will share the triggering moment that my therapist said. She said, Josh, um, <clears throat> you've made you've made pouring into other people your bread and butter. Mm. And that's why you're unbalanced. Mm. So what you need to do is find that same fulfillment in being poured into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's good. I love that. I, I had to, she is worth every fucking penny. Myself. I had to go to sleep. <laughs> Did you rub your feet together? Yeah, baby. I had to rub, <laughs> I had to rub my feet together. Um, I'm cracking. This hit my spirit. Fuck hinge. That's all I got. Uh, well, on that wow. note, wow. Okay. Uh, well, right. well, <laughs> well. Thank you, thank you all for another great episode of the Way I See It podcast. We are glad you <laughs> came um, and heard us, and you know, hopefully, you enjoyed the conversation. Like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, bring a friend, <laughs> crack a friend, <laughs> crack a friend, bring a friend. Gonna be over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Dre. <laughs> Dre. Dre. <laughs> Get us out of here, Jay. See y'all next week. <laughs>